Hour number three, big show in the morning rolls on, on your Tuesday. Hope you're having just a lovely day. My name is Matt Rose. He's Logan Gordon. Thanks for joining the program. Jam-packed, 8 o'clock hour. Rob Ross, you're going to talk some uh, penguins just after the bottom of the hour, just after 8.30 from The Athletic. But right now, really happy to go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our friend and yours, the host of Flames on Sportsnet. It is Ryan Leslie, live from Pittsburgh, perhaps. Hello, Ryan. Gentlemen, welcome to Pittsburgh. A gorgeous day here as I look over the city landscape, bridges, rivers, beautiful architecture, and a team in the Flames that has won a couple in a row. How's that for setting the table? Wow, yeah, I feel like I'm right there. I can feel the the steel air of Pittsburgh on my face. Oh, listen, listen, I'm going to stop you so that you don't insult Rob Rossi a little later, all right? I like Pittsburgh. Steel, it's not the big thing. Healthcare, that's a huge thing here. Education, a big thing here. This town, huh. I could live in this town. It is beautiful. I'm not kidding. Everybody thinks, oh, Steel Town, is it like glorified Hamilton? No, <laughs> it's a great spot. It is a great spot, great sports, great landscape, proud town, affordable. I like this spot. Now I should be working for the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Tourism Board yeah. or something. But, Just yeah, that's uh, it's a great spot. I love coming here. Alternate revenue streams, Ryan. Alternate revenue streams. You got to find them, my man. Um, hey, I uh, wanted to add, there's so many things to talk about with this road trip, but most recently, Blake Coleman's 400th game, a three point mm. night. He starts the road trip with another trip to Tampa Bay after winning the two rings there and then signing with the Calgary Flames. Just what, what is this kind of three game stretch meant for a guy like Blake Coleman? Well, I think for him, he's most importantly, he's just playing a game. Not that uh, he hasn't been playing his game throughout, but that he's getting rewarded. And don't we all want that from time to time? It's one thing to do the little things and be consistent and be a good pro and, and stay with it and say all the great things. But deep down, you know you want to contribute. You know you want to get rewarded. You know you want the results most importantly for this this team. And he's getting you know rewarded for it. Playing with a guy like Michael Backlund certainly – is a good thing. Playing with a guy like Jonathan Huberto is certainly a good thing. And, hey, I don't know how this whole thing is going to play out with those three, but, you know, it's working, and they're going. And that's where Daryl's expertise and managing that bench, and certainly right now, that move to put those three together works. And, yeah, I just think for Blake Coleman, a guy who, you know, was talked about after the game last night coming out of Texas, and, you know, Kirk Muller addressed the media on that topic saying, geez, we got guys out of Texas. We're playing 400 games. That's just awesome. And, you know, he was down there and obviously living uh, his roots uh, on uh, on the leagues and teams uh, side of things in, in Texas early on were, were huge. So now you're seeing the product, the byproduct of that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a pro's pro who, boy, what a couple of years he's had, right? He has a couple of rings, a couple of kids, a great life, building a big, beautiful home. And, you know, he's a, he's a cornerstone here, I think. I don't know if that's the right word, but he is certainly a big piece of of that stability that you want to have here of uh, a certain championship caliber and a standard of doing things the right way. And when you see a guy who fits that description uh, and it pays off on the score sheet, you're just happy for him. Cause I always enjoy dealing with him. I don't know about you guys, but whenever mm-hmm. you deal with him and chat with him, you get some good insights, some good nuggets. He's thoughtful and he's uh, I think fans always appreciate hearing from him and, and certainly they appreciate seeing him uh, score and, and pick up points. 
I agree. Such a, a, a thoughtful player to just have a conversation with for sure. And, you know, I, you, you bring up a great point. Like maybe he's not a core player. And, and sometimes, you know, that word, the core players, you know, I, I don't always love it because it can alienate guys that are kind of like Blake Coleman, who maybe not a core player, but he's certainly not a periphery guy. Like this is an important piece of the team. He's paid like one. He yeah. acts like one. His resume is one, and he plays like one. So we could debate that, certainly, and I'm mm-hmm. sure the text line will. But uh, I think when you look at, you know, as you as you try to build a foundation here, it's a guy Daryl Sutter never has to worry about. It's a guy Brad Trey Living never has to worry about. It's a guy who uh, plays it the right way, is going to give you everything you've got. And don't we all appreciate when players don't really take their foot off the gas? You're, you're never really sitting there saying, Oof, that wasn't a very good game. Not very often with Blake Coleman. So, yeah, well, he may not fit, he may not jump to top of mind for, oh, this guy's a cornerstone and this guy's a, the biggest piece. No, he's not, but he is, he is paid to be what he is, uh, paid handsomely, and uh, certainly allows you to build your, your core and your, your nucleus uh, with, we're talking a pretty darn good piece. And uh, I don't think anybody in Tampa would argue. Certainly, I don't think many in Calgary would say uh, bad call. But hey, um, everybody's got an opinion. And I just think that this guy is uh, is going to silence some critics uh, that he may or may not have uh, when he plays like the way he's been playing. So it's good to see. And he was great in the playoffs, too. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Nikita Zadorov, who earned high, high praise from Daryl Sutter ahead of the game against the Flyers. He was out there in the final minutes of the game. He went after Travis Sanheim after he broke one of those unwritten rules in hockey, hitting the puck into the net after the whistle. What have you made of the play from 16 to 8? From, I lost you there. I apologize, Matty. You cut out in this hotel room. All good. Just was uh, mentioning Nikita Zadorov. Final minutes of the game, oh. going after Travis Sanheim after he breaks one of the unwritten rules. A lot of high praise from Daryl Sutter. Um, just yeah. your thoughts on what we've seen lately from 16. You know, I, I think it's a fascinating uh, watch all year because there's been some bumps in the road when it comes to him uh, as recently as this year, and it hasn't always been consistent. But boy, oh boy, I remember when the season was about to start, I just had a chance to sit down and, and chat with him. Uh, and he just, he's just such a treat to chat with because you get a pretty unfiltered response. But he also said, look, I, I believe I am a top four defenseman on this team and in the league. And I kind of, wow, that's fascinating. I, you know, I, I knew that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he'd been in the league for a long time. I, I never really viewed him that way. He's proving, I think people that what he says is maybe accurate in that, in that uh, he's going to give you everything you want, everything you, he has, and you're going to talk about him one way or the other. Uh, he's getting physical. He's getting offensive. He's still trying to iron out some mistakes. But for a guy, I think a lot of people said, I don't know if he's really ever going to get it. Then he plays with Eric Branson and he starts to get it. You see a light bulb go off. Then all of a sudden he's told he's going to get some of those minutes and maybe PK minutes or whatever. And then he all of a sudden, he, he also told me it took him you know, he was uh, a healthy scratch there early on when he came to Calgary. And he felt he had lost the trust of his teammates. And he felt, felt it took him about 30 games or so to get it back. And I can remember those moments. I remember talking to other players. And, you know, they're all saying the right thing about uh, Nikita's game. But I think there were some questions that he said. They were wondering if I was going to – he was 
wondering if he was going to earn their trust back. I think he's done that. I think he's also established himself now. And he jokes about, you know, it only took him whatever it is, nine years or however long he's been in the league uh, to figure it out. And uh, so I think you're seeing him with a new level of confidence, a new ability, thanks to Daryl Sutter's trust, Daryl Sutter's system. Um, and he's making the most of opportunities. I know that kind of sounds cliche, but boy, isn't that really accurate with him? And mm-hmm. he's just trying to run with it. There's other guys who are doing that as well. I, we could point to Adam Rzitzka or heck. I mean, even though there's uh, some snags in his game, Dennis Gilbert's trying to give you everything. Yeah. I looked at him as we rode the elevator last night and I said, you don't get those hands from playing the piano. <laughs> They're all mashed up. Right. And he's like, just ridiculous, but he's doing what he can to keep the attention of uh they all are trying to do what they can. Those guys who are trying to take, you know, new steps and, and maybe uh, in Nikita's case, just become a rock solid defenseman. He said it may surprise us, but Eric Carlson was, uh, was the defenseman that he sort of grew up. You'd think maybe a Scott Stevens or somebody with a more punishing type game, not to suggest that Nikita is in that mold, but you might think a more rugged defenseman. And but it was Eric Carlson who he said that was his guy. And, so he also joked about the idea that back in Russia, the Soviet-style hockey, you, you dump, you, you sit on the, if you dump it in, I mean, you've got to pass first. You dump it, you're going to sit on the bench. So um, he's he's an interesting work in progress, isn't he? And uh, so far, I think we're talking about him as Daryl Sutter is, and that was high praise, as Chris Tanev probably says, hold my beer uh, as far as best defenseman. But, uh, but. That's high praise, and uh, we'll see if it uh, if it works because it's worked so far. Chat with Ryan Leslie, host of Flames Broadcast on Sportsnet Television. Logan Gordon also joining us uh, here on the Big Show this week. How many suits do you pack for a six game trip there, Ryan? Uh, I'm a. That's a great question, Logan. I'm glad you asked. Somebody had to ask the tough ones. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm looking at a, a three suitor on this one, but I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about this as we we're getting set up for this. Uh, laundry right now at a premium so uh send shirts send uh fresh t-shirts if you could logan i'd uh, i'd appreciate it we'll make sure to uh to get on i don't know what the calgary equivalent is out in pittsburgh for a a good place to get some some fine clothing but i'm sure you know the spots around pa i'm just here for promanti brothers sandwiches that's all i really (laughs) care about I, i don't know how familiar our listeners are with that but it's a it's now, I mean, it was a staple. It was an iconic place early on, and now it's kind of grown into uh, almost not quite a chain, but there's a number of them. I guess you could call it a chain. Yeah. But I'm talking sandwiches with French fries, coleslaw, mm. all different meats, the Texas toast bread. Uh, if if you guys are ever hungry and you're in the greater Pittsburgh area, may I recommend it? Yeah, we'll try to uh, swing by next time. We're, Matt's just writing it down right Tremonti. now. Yeah, make a yeah. note. Yeah, bros. All right. Yeah. Notes down. Thanks. All right. Appreciate that, Ryan. That's all uh, I got. All right. Good night. Yeah. Thank See you. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, Bye. Appreciate later. it. Yeah. Um, talk to me. I wanted to ask you, Ryan, about uh, Saturday afternoon in Florida. Not usually uh, an atmosphere that you would get excited for, but what was it like in that yeah. building as, as Jonathan and Mackenzie made their way back? It seemed like a real special place to be. You know what, Logan? You're bang on. And on both topics, as far as you wouldn't normally think that, and yet it was. It really was. It was uh, It was weird, man, just to be there. How many times you've been there? And like plenty of good sections still available, you know, and there's they've got a banner up there for the seventh man 
Like what? There's maybe seven fans in this whole place. What are you talking about honoring their their fans with a seventh man banner? It was just like, what are we doing? It's changing uh, slowly but surely, and winning has a chance to do that. And uh, I'm not saying it's uh, you know a Canadian city on a Saturday night, but it was a Saturday afternoon floor with obvious storylines. Um, there were fans who were lined all around the glasses. I'm sure you saw. And honestly, I don't even know if that did it justice. The people, the comments, you know. One guy was yelling. I said, what do you think of the trade? He goes, I hated it. We want those two guys back. We love them. We miss them. And, you know, Matthew's dominating. But, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they loved some of their guys, and, and rightly so. They're good players, and this fan base is, while it may not be uh, big in numbers, uh, I was quite impressed with what we saw. There was, I don't want to overhype it, but there was definitely a feeling in warm-up like I've never really experienced. And when I saw Barkov hit, uh, Huberto with that pass and warm up, it was just like, are we what? Really? Because yeah. I know he had spoken about the idea of, you know, maybe he'll pass to me one more time. And he did as a symbolic sort of gesture, you know, tip of the cap. They had a moment. It was really cool. Weger was soaking it all in. The fans were enjoying it. And just on the outside, we were watching it going, you know what? Saturday afternoon in Florida, who saw this coming? It was, it was a good buzz. It was, it was pretty cool to see. And how good was it to catch up with Matthew Kachuk? I know you had a great relationship with that him. Bum? Yeah, yeah, that guy. That uh, yeah, the pests on the other side. Yeah, him and his yeah. shack, hey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what, right? Uh, you know, uh, not to say that this isn't anything against Calgary or anything, but listening to you talk to him, he sounds like a guy that's really content where he is, and he's he's very comfortable in Florida and very comfortable with being asked to to do those sort of things and, and bring that sort of energy that you know he can bring to that area what did you what was it catching up with him yeah i think uh i think content is a is a good word and you think about how often we might all experience that in life and eh, probably 75 million bucks will make you you know uh, fast forward to contentville very fast yeah i think daryl said something about being content anywhere for that kind of money eh? Yeah. oh yeah we're all going <laughs> you know at that price but no hey man taxes and weather and you know a team that uh like calgary lost in their minds too early to their rivals last year uh some familiarity with a guy like sam bennett who he's playing with and some High praise for Alexander Barkov. I mean, they've got a good team. I think they've still got some work to do. They've got a good coach who Matthew praised. Um, but as far as uh, where he is, you know, his sister Taryn was down there, had a great visit, um, a great house, a beautiful little golf cart, which was hilarious to drive. And, yeah, Matty, I squealed the tires. Yeah. You know I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Guy, guys peeling rubber. <laughs> yeah, let's go. And uh, yeah, that's a Cadillac, that. isn't it? It's Cadillac. Yeah. yeah. Guy needed four wheels and a steering wheel. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, knowing that family uh, as long as we have, uh, that's uh, yeah, you just wish him the best. But certainly, uh, it's pro sports, and uh, he made some decisions that. Uh, were were really wise for him and so you just say okay that's that chapter is now i mean we got one more installment of this which uh will be interesting when he comes back to calgary i think we're all kind of curious to see what the reaction is i said on francis show yesterday i'm not so sure i think and maybe down the road it changes especially if he goes full donkey and does something against the flames Mm but i'm not so sure that people don't sort of look at him as their guy for a while you know that little 
a sparkle in his eye, that little devil on his shoulder, whatever it is that people loved because he was theirs. I mean, you know, the Flames drafted him. The Flames brought him in six years. Everything was great. They loved him even though the rest of the league hated him. So I think for a while, anyhow, they'll still see him as theirs. Oh, that's our little dirt ball kid. We love him. He can do no wrong in our eyes. Oh, he's, you know, stabbing somebody or whatever uh, with a stick. And, you know, who knows? They're going to they're going to look past it for a little bit. But if he if he does something, it won't take long, I'm sure. But I don't anticipate for obvious reasons the uh, the reaction to be too negative uh, when he returns. Uh, and maybe that changes, you know, five minutes after puck drop. But uh, it certainly will be one of those games that everybody will be watching. And I thought that Florida game down there, there was lots to like. And as a fan, if you're finding a problem with that game, maybe maybe you're the problem because that was fun. And it's okay to have fun uh, in hockey still without all of the other garbage that goes around it. And I thought that was a great afternoon, early evening in Florida of uh, of storylines end to end. I mean, if I'm a coach, I'm not sure I like it, but everybody else probably loved it. So, you know, good kid. Wish him the best, and uh, and it certainly was fun to catch up. That's our sweet little rat. That's how he'll be remembered. I think it also yeah, he helps. Was, the, he was a pest, but know, he was I'm, our pest. Yeah. <laughs> and he hated Zach yeah, Cassian, and we hated him too. I'm going to miss his old man more than anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> his yeah. old man was a Big beauty. Wolf. I'm going to miss Brady in the playoffs. <laughs> Tarps off the Rat King brother. I love it. Yeah, he uh, he is nuts. I love that though, right? I love that. I I can't stand oh, yeah. when guys can't can't have fun. And you know, there were Sens fans. Oh, he's wearing a fl- No, he's wearing a Kachuk shirt. He's he's supporting yeah. his brother. Have some fun. I loved every part of that. Yeah, I like it. Um, guy was an animal and still is. And <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to tangle with him on the ice or no. in an alley, but. No. Uh, he, uh, you know, they got to turn things around, obviously, in Ottawa. And I know he's wearing it hard as, as captain and that kind of thing. But but uh, you mentioned the word fun, you know, how much he'd come into this community. And everybody's got an opinion and trying to find what's wrong. But, uh, boy, those boys are, are fun for the game if you, if you like fun. Ryan, it wasn't this road trip, but it was the one prior. And I'd asked you about it in the press box. And I just thought, you know, it was such great storytelling. But walking down the streets of Boston with Milan Lucic, do you, could, mm-hmm. is there a moment where you feel like any more of a celebrity? Well, this guy, as I said on the broadcast, this guy could still run for mayor in Boston. Yeah. I mean, we walked around the North End, boys, and uh, it was kind of weird. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't want to interrupt the family moment. And his wife was yeah, just come on. Let's have, we're grabbing a coffee. You come on, you're coming. So I'm like, okay, Brit, uh, who's going to say no to Brit? Not me. So I don't even know if Milan would have. So yeah. uh, we, uh, we cruised around. And what was really neat is he took me into that famous uh, pastry place and uh, – we were behind the counter and the guy Angelo was giving us a box of cannolis and there's a whole wall of NHLers who've been at Mike's pastries. And, you know, every street we walked down, there was a story showed me where Chara and all the former Bruins lived or lived. And uh, he's got a story with them all right there, right on the water in the North end and really cool character places. And, you know, Italian, uh, there was a sportsman's club, um, who knows, you know, as far as, you know, just who was all in that neighborhood. I mean, it was really cool, really cool. And uh, I'm telling you, we couldn't go a block without somebody walking out of a shop mm-hmm. going, hey, Looch, how are you? So 
that was really neat to see. And you know, it meant so much for him. And he had his family there for the first time since, well, they came back with LA seven years ago. So the girls, his daughters were with us and they're just cruising around, soaking it all in. And we could not take a step without a story or a, you know, you couldn't get the stories out fast enough as far as their love for that area. So that was really cool to be a part of. And, uh, and then eventually I just had to say, look, guys, I've got to get out of your way. Get on with your day. It was great. And then and then I went down to Dorchester and uh, and actually uh, caught up with uh, Mr. Hayes, Kevin Hayes and uh, and Jimmy Hayes' dad and uh, had a great chat there uh, and kind of took in the, uh, the the authentic Irish Boston experience. And uh, I'll tell you, that was that was fascinating, the stories and uh and just uh, the people that, you know, on one side of the pub was guys who were right fresh from Ireland. You couldn't even understand the Irish brogue. It was so thick. And on the other side, more of the, uh, the towny type guys. And uh, it was it was neat. It was a neat trip to Boston to experience sort of behind the scenes. We don't normally get a lot of time there. Yeah. And uh, usually it's a back-to-back. But this time you get to take in a little bit of Boston. And uh, it, was, it was great. I even had tickets for... Uh, Celtics Pistons, but never did make it because the stories were flowing. Mm. Oh, that's a shame, I'm sure. Um, I did want to ask you as well. Road trip's got three games left. You've got yeah. Milan Lucic in Boston. We had the return to Florida. Blake Coleman's 400th game returning to Tampa. What's next? Is there going to be an honorary doctorate at Carnegie? Is someone going to open a hospital on the weekend in D.C. or in Carolina? Like, What else you got up your sleeve here? I, I don't know what what we can jam in um, outside of hockey games, because as you guys know, these are back-to-back games after Pittsburgh and they're back-to-back early games, mm. two and four. So, you know, as far as that's tricky to get content for any kind of show when you don't have that much time. And certainly you're not going to get a real chance to see the, uh, the other team. I'm just getting ready to head to Penguins practice now. Um, but yeah, there, it's a few tricky obstacles, but certainly, uh, We'll get a chance to see a few uh, few big names on the uh, on the trip going forward. A couple of heavyweight teams and matchups, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you other than I think it's uh, I think it's just about the marathon side of this, isn't it? You know, this is the longest one of the year, and uh, so far they're doing okay. Um, but uh, but there's still a lot of work. It feels like we've been gone forever, and. Yeah. There's still a lot of work to be done. It's funny, eh? How we're always saying, "Oh, we gotta get on the road," or "Oh, the home stands too long." Oh, wait a minute. The the, the three game are out east, and then we come back. Now it's too, no matter what we're doing, we're never really satisfied, are we? But this is a good one and a long one. And again, Logan, if you could send some fresh uh, shirts, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, small mediums. Those are the ones that the extra tight. Yes, if you could, boys, small. Sorry, that yeah. was uh, that was Steinberg's order. I was yeah, that's going for not right. yours. Sorry, <laughs> those, those, get those mixed up all the time. Pythons, oh, he has the to keep animosity that shirt. between mornings and afternoons. It never dies. Mm. Yeah, we make it make sure that Taylor leaves a little bit extra room in the biceps okay, for Steinberg's shirts and probably holy not. cow, <laughs> probably not necessary. Uh, all Mr. right, thanks. Gordon wants to weigh in, but sure, let's go. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Enjoy the rest of the trip, man. Safe travels, pal. Gentlemen, a pleasure. Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet, a beauty uh, on the trip with the fellas. They will play in Pittsburgh Wednesday night, 5 o'clock start. Noon start Friday against the Washington Capitals. And then, Reverse uh, retro night for Washington. Really?
Really? Oh, yep. well, that's going to be a beautiful match. I Jersey actually matchup. really like their reverse mm. retros. Same here. It's the Screaming Eagle, right? Yep. Black Damn Screaming right. Eagle. Let's go. Pitter patter from Ovi's uh, initial years, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, or they didn't that, do or it. They they had it the black like, one used to be the Capitol, the Capitol building. building. Yeah. Mm, this That was the change up for these yes. ones. The Eagle used to be on a blue jersey, I believe. Yeah, okay. Joe Juno back in the day. They went Peter to Bondra. 97 against the Wings. Right on. So that'll be the third, unless it changes. I don't know if Carolina's going to or not. It'll be the third reverse retro the Flames have seen on the trip. Cool. All right. Well, let's do it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, because... Was Tampa's reverse retro, yeah, or was yeah. that just like... No, that uh, that abomination was indeed a reverse those retro. Those are bad. I called those the bath salts jerseys. <laughs> yeah, there's just like, there's just lightning everywhere, and... Nah, the Canes will be wearing their black waves and flag stuff. Right, jersey okay, cool. on the 26th. Okay. And then, right. uh, obviously, Florida wore their baby blue ones. Shout out to the Flames communication staff who have started putting in their media notes the Flames record in their respective jerseys. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. You can check the media notes. When does Blasty make his debut again? Next uh, Tuesday against Matthew. Oh, when Matthew comes back. Okay. Yeah, rocking him for the two the two big ones yeah. being Columbus and Florida. And I think they're wearing it during other. Montreal as well. Yeah, Montreal. Mm. I think Toronto might be on the list as well. Yeah, Blasty the 29th and the 1st, and then Reverse Retro December 3rd, 5th, 7th, and 14th. Oh, we're getting all sorts of alternate unis coming up. When they get back, yeah, in. November, December is going to be a lot of the uh, the new stuff. Got to make Christmas presents and stuff. Yeah, you know? we got to sell those, got to sell those sweaters, baby. Got to move them out. Products in. Wranglers jerseys too are quite nice. I got a Hitman jersey for Christmas last year. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got one of the, uh, the Bret Hart ones. No, I got one oh. of the Every Child Matters ones. Oh, okay, that's good. They too. are awesome. The orange, the orange ones, ones yeah. with the, the alternate logo, the feather on the Hitman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a good one. They're good. They're real good. Um, we'll take a break around the corner. The latest on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Rob Rossi going to join us from the Athletic. We'll get the latest on the Pens. Second and final meeting between these two clubs this season. We'll find out what Rob's got to say next. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The big show in the morning continues. We got about 20 more minutes here before we say goodbye. Thanks for joining us. My name is Matt Rose. He's Logan Gordon. George Russick back on Tuesday. Patty From Ontario. Dumont, Patty Demont, Alex Brody running the board. Niagara, get it right. Over the weekend, pretty cool moment. Evgeny Malkin skated in career game number 1,000 and celebrated appropriately by the Penguins organization and all of his teammates. And now the Flames will play the Penguins Wednesday night for more. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to speak to Rob Rossi from The Athletic. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing today? Great, gentlemen. How are you? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we got to start with everything Gino. A thousand games played and uh, quite the ceremony over the course of the weekend. What was the buildup like? Did it really have the, the, the feeling that it followed through with the, the large event that it really was? Yeah, I think it'll be a bigger deal uh, tonight or against Calgary tomorrow night in Pittsburgh because they're going to do a pregame celebration. I mean, it's always a little strange when you play your thousandth game on the road, um, especially on a night when they're retiring Marion Hosa's number. But uh, Malkin's wife, Anna, and his son, Nikita, surprised him by flying in, and Nikita actually read the starting lineup, which Malkin was in. 
So that was a really sweet moment that I know touched Malkin pretty considerably. And uh, um, the Penguins uh, players um, honored him by doing by mimicking his warm up, which is to sort of lay on his back with a stick underneath him and then uh, sort of like swing his legs in the air, which is definitely uh, uniquely Malkin. Um, so they did what they could in Chicago, but there'll be more there'll be more pomp and circumstance Wednesday night in Pittsburgh. Well, we're looking forward to seeing that as well. Like, as far as a guy who is, you know, I I, I want to use the word quietly, but it hasn't been quiet. It's just been with Sidney Crosby on the entire team. Like, this guy's been one of the most underrated superstars in the league for a long time. And I think if he was on a different team, then maybe he might not be underrated. But I don't know. I, I just have a hard time coming down on where Evgeny Malkin kind of rests in that upper echelon of players that we've seen over the last decade plus because of him being with Crosby for a lot of that time. Yeah, he's certainly been overshadowed. I mean, you even think about it. He came in, he came into the draft class with Ovechkin. You know, he was number two mm-hmm. to Ovechkin's first. And, you know, Malkin's one of a handful of guys that have won every major individual award. Even Crosby hasn't done that when you can consider the rookie of the year award. And, um, you know, he's definitely got a Hall of Fame resume, probably first ballot Hall of Fame resume. He's the 14th fastest guy, or he's got 14th most points all time of guys that have played 1,000 games, and that's in NHL history. Um, I think he's on pace right now to be the second leading Russian scorer behind just Ovechkin. So, and, you know, as I always say about Malkin, it's, it's easy to. It's easy to get caught up in this now because we're in the era of sort of McDavid and that. But when when it was Ovechkin and Crosby who were sort of battling back and forth for best player in the world, it was only Malkin who really overtook them both for that period of time at the beginning of the 2010s when he was the MVP and two-time scoring champion in that. And you know he's such an artistic player um, and an emotional player mm-hmm. and. I think in a lot of ways that is what you see, what you get with him on the ice. And you know, I'm lucky enough to be working on his biography and I get to know him a little bit better off the ice. But on the ice, what people see is, is what they get. He's, he's a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and he can be this sort of bull in a china shop who also has these soft hands and great vision and um, gives you a little bit of the best of Crosby and the best of Ovechkin that way, but he's not as consistent as Crosby, and I don't think he's as much. He's certainly not the goal scorer Ovechkin is, but um, to be in the conversation with those two is a pretty pretty fair accomplishment in its own right. Well, and to do a thousand games and to do it all with one team, like I, I think it's it's significant as well to contemplate how close it came to his thousandth game, maybe being with another team this past off season, but instead he resigns. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a tumultuous negotiation for sure. And, I mean, he always wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. You know, as he told me for a story a couple of years ago, always only in Pittsburgh, always with Sid. Um, mm. And they're very close. Um, they're very close friends, and that's what they wanted. And luckily the Penguins were able to give that to them. But, I mean, they don't really know how to play without each other. I mean, they've, they've sort of carried this um, – they've borne the burden of being the – sort of the flagship franchise of the salary cap era. You know, nobody's made the playoffs as often as they have. Nobody's won more Stanley Cups than they have. Um, and it's it's been on both of their shoulders. You know, Sid, Sid bears the burden of being the guy out front. And Evgeny does a lot of his stuff behind the scenes. 
Um, but they're they're really a yin and a yang for one another, and it it would have been a it would have been a damn shame if Malkin had gone somewhere else because it wasn't something he wanted, and it certainly isn't something that people in Pittsburgh wanted. I mean, he's beloved here. I, the the way Malkin and Crosby have captivated this city with just the adoration the fans have is very similar in the way that you hear talk about people from the '70s with the Steelers who. Uh, who those players sort of won over the city in a way that, that crossed several generations. And I think you see that here with Crosby, Malkin. And, I, and I'd throw Chris Letang into that, too. They're thought of as the big three in Pittsburgh. Yeah, for sure. And with Malkin, a guy who this season, eight goals, 20 points in 19 games, he's having another good year offensively. Um, what have you made of his play? And it's one of the major keys to that, as simple as saying he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy that's had two major knee surgeries and is 36 years old. So, I mean, he's not the guy that he once was, but he can still any night be as good as he ever was. And um, he's actually been pretty consistent this year, um, you know, putting up points and he's been better on the faceoffs this year. He's been a more responsible player in terms of taking penalties. He'll still have the occasional turnover, but you're going to have that with the style he plays. But, you know, I think, you know, he's been their second best player behind Crosby and, it's amazing to me that they're asked to do as much of the heavy lifting as they've ever been at this point in their careers. And maybe that speaks to sort of some deficiencies with management, but um, you know, they're also able to handle it still. And for those two to be able to put up numbers, you know, as point per game players at, at this point into their careers, I mean, you're talking about guys that have each played over 15 seasons in this league uh, with a lot of wear and tear of many playoff games that, you know, they're number one and two in playoff games played in terms of, uh, uh, you know, current players. Um, it's, it's been pretty remarkable. It's, it's honestly, it's easy to take. It's honestly easy to take for granted sometimes. We're chatting with Rob Rossi from the athletic covers, the Pittsburgh Penguins. My name is Matt Rose. He's Logan Gordon here on the big show. Sportsnet 960. Rob, uh, three game winning streak for the Penguins heading into Wednesday's matchup with the flames. Are you starting to get a good sense of what this year's Penguins team is all about? No, I wish I could say I was. Yeah. Um, you know, they had that seven-game winless streak when sort of everything went to heck for them. You know, they went to Edmonton and tried to get into a track rate with the Oilers, which is, you know, a mistake for anybody. And then Don't worry, we know all about that up them. here. <laughs> yeah, and then they got the doors blown off them physically by Calgary. So, I mean, that set them on a sort of a tailspin. But they've been 5-1-1 one, and one since that uh, seven-game winless streak. Uh, their power play is a mess when you watch this game. Tomorrow night, you'll see a team that has all the talent in the world on the power play. And keep, you know, they just try to pass the puck into the net. But their penalty kills come around, and their five-on-five five numbers have been pretty good all year. They're starting to get better goaltending, which has helped. Um, but, you know, their bottom six is starting to establish a bit of an identity, which has been a very beneficial thing for them. Um, they're a little bit tougher to play against. But they still got a ways to go, I think, before they develop their overall team identity, which they wanted to be an attacking team that plays with aggressiveness and speed and I think they're they're getting there but certainly they've been carried by a top six that is you know overwhelmed teams and getting contributions here and there from some other guys what's really been surprising this year is the play of their back end I mean Chris Letang has not had a great start uh Jeff Petrie who's been one of their big offseason acquisitions via trade is has you know struggled to adjust and um, Brian Dumoulin, who for so long was so dependable as their pairing partner with Chris Letang, 
you know, has slipped all the way down to the third pairing with Jan Ruda, and Ruda's probably been their most consistent defenseman. So uh, there's there's still got a ways to go to improve on the back end. I think they have the guys to do it within the organization, but, you know, it's it's still a work in progress. Yeah, you talked a bit there about Jeff Petrie, and that's the guy I wanted to uh, dive into a little bit more with you. He was outside of obviously bringing back Malkin and Latang. Uh, for another couple of seasons, Petrie was really the off-season move for the Penguins' front office. Ron Hextall and and Brian Burke, who we know well here in Calgary. Uh, why do you think it's been a struggle for Jeff so far? And you know how important will it be for the Penguins that he gets you know to the level that they were expecting? Oh, it's vital. I mean, if he doesn't get to that level, then I don't think a lot of what their plans work uh, can can work uh, to put it that way. But I think a lot of with Jeff, it's it's learning a system that's just completely different. I mean, they're they're so much more aggressive than were the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, um, I don't want to say the Canadiens were a more stationary defensive team because um, I don't think certainly they play that way under Marty St. Louis. But, you know, Marty St. Louis wasn't the coach there very long when Petrie was there. And I think he was just so used to playing sort of a certain way. And also he's had to adjust to not being sort of the number one option on the power play and and things like that. So um, I think it's coming for Jeff, but he wouldn't be the first defenseman I've seen come to Pittsburgh and take, you know, maybe half a season to get adjusted to the way Mike Sullivan, you know, he asked a lot of his defensemen. There's a lot of pinching in this, um, you know, there's a lot of read and react. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the things they do offensively starts from their back end. And I think that's just something that Jeff right now is caught up a little bit thinking too much as opposed to just playing but I've started to see a turnaround from him. Rob, uh, for our listeners here in Calgary, is there anybody that you would have them, you know, keep an eye on outside of the, the regulars that we associate with the Penguins that uh, has had a bright spot so far on them to start the year for Pittsburgh? Well, I wouldn't say he's had a bright spot because he's been injured, but I do think the guy that's going to end up being really key to this season is going to be, and if this is if he can stay healthy, is... Teddy Bluger. I mean, he was out for all but the last few games with a, what I believe was a shoulder injury that was sustained in training camp. And, and he's really their best bottom six forward. Um, and now he's slotted as their fourth line center. But when you consider the work he does as a two-way centerman and really how great he is at penalty killing and on face-offs, I think he's a guy that back in the lineup and as he gets to sort of knock the rust off his game, He's a guy that's really going to shore up that bottom six and give them some options with some other guys. And so I think he's the guy to watch. I mean, he may not, may not be a guy that sticks out to casual fans, but astute hockey observers like the ones in Calgary will certainly appreciate his game. Rob, uh, I guess last one on the Penguins here. Just when you look at their division, the Metropolitan Division, I wouldn't say that they're in trouble of falling out of the playoffs, but it feels like this year much more than the past couple there's a lot less margin for error in that metropolitan division. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think in the Eastern Conference in general, I think the East is just deeper than it was. I mean, last year there were eight really great, really good teams in the East. You know, all eight teams reached 100 points, especially in this division. I mean, I think we all thought New Jersey would improve. I don't think any of us thought New Jersey would be a juggernaut. I mean, they remind me a lot of the Penguins in 2007 and 2008. That team went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to Detroit, but they were young and they just kind of gelled at the same time. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting New Jersey and the Islanders to be as as competitive as early as they have been. And if that keeps up, 
you know, along with Carolina and the New York Rangers, you know, you're, you're probably only getting four teams in. So either somebody's going to have to slow down or the Penguins are going to have to figure out a way to catch somebody. I mean, this, this, this modest winning stretch that they've had, this 5-1 and run run, has got them back into within a point of the playoff spot and within a point of second place, which or a couple points of second place in the division. But, you know, Jersey right now looks like they're running away with this division. And if, if any team runs away with a playoff spot in this division, it, 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 it's going to leave a team like Pittsburgh or Washington, which has been able to sort of reliably, reliably count on getting in uh, in one of those top three spots in a real in a real pickle. Rob, really appreciate the time and the insight today. Uh, in, enjoy Pittsburgh on the off day. I, and I know practice is coming up pretty quick here. And uh, enjoy the tilt tomorrow and on the ceremony with Evgeny Malkin's uh, 1,000th game. Looking forward to the book as well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Rob Rossi from The Athletic joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call 403-248-3344. What do you make of this Penguins team, Logan Gordon? I think it's a team that took a very interesting you know, road this offseason, and depending on guys that, hey, I don't want to say they're past their prime, but uh, it feels like it's hard to depend on three guys that are 35 and over to to lead you to a Stanley Cup, and they have no cap room there. They have zero margin for error. The the decor is a little bit older, relying on guys like Petrie and Latang, and I just Dumoulin I don't. Yeah, they're good Rovino, players, they're but all I just over 30. Yeah, I just don't know if if that's the the group that you can rely on. It's an interesting. Tactic because it would have been hard in the offseason to say goodbye to Malkin and Latang, but it also might have gotten you going in a younger direction a little bit sooner than you are now. That was a six year deal for 35 year old Chris Latang at $6.1 million. Even four for Malkin, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's 36 years old. He got four years at 6.12. That's some big coin for uh, guys that are up, guys that are bona fide superstars and have been for a decade plus. But still, a lot of money for sure. Um, Want to let you know, NHL scheduled today, only two games. Sabres and the Canadiens go at 5 o'clock. Rangers and the Kings will battle at 8.30. A little bit of action at the Saddle Dome tonight. The AHL Wranglers will take on the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Shane Wright has been reassigned to play with the Firebirds. Technically, being a junior-eligible player, he's not allowed to play in the AHL. He's down there on a conditioning stint, so he's not going to be in the AHL for long, and after he leaves the AHL, it's either going to be back with the Kraken or back to the OHL. So you're not going to get many chances to see Shane Wright this season. 7 o'clock puck drop at the Saddle Dome as the Wranglers take on the Coachella Valley Firebirds. The Davis Cup Finals are underway today. Uh, World Cup action fully on the go, and tomorrow, Flames and Penguins. That'll be a 5 o'clock start, game 4 of 6 on this current road trip, part of a 15-game NHL slate before the entire league takes Thursday off for American Thanksgiving. Raptors going to be in action tomorrow. Canada going to be in action at the World Cup tomorrow. But you don't need me to tell you about the World Cup. We got one more World Cup report for you. Uh, The final soccer update of this morning show today. We hand the reins over to our boys, Patty Dumas and Alex Brody. 
And the Soccer Report is brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Day three, halfway done at the World Cup. Day got started with Maddie's Argentina side with a shocking opening match defeat to Saudi Arabia thanks to two second-half goals. They win 2-1. Albi Celeste entered this tournament with a 36-game unbeaten streak and now face a likely must-win Against the nation they performed pretty well against, that'll be Mexico on Saturday. Maddie's second choice in the World Cup pool draft was Denmark. Yeah. And they were taking on Tunisia. Pretty competitive game yeah. from both sides. Second half had the best opportunities for Denmark to find a breakthrough. Uh, beautiful headed ball by Andreas Christensen towards Andreas Cornelius. Right at the post. And he completely whiffs on it no. on a wide open net. No. Denmark would have another chance. VAR <sighs> would actually check to see if they got a penalty opportunity because of a Tunisia handball. Nope, no handball. Oh, come on. You're killing me so here. So we have our first goalless draw of the World Cup. No. There was one in the entirety of the 2018 tournament that also featured Denmark. Uh, Danes will face their tif- stiffest test of the group stage against France on Saturday, while Tunisia will be taking on Australia. My three teams, no wins in their first three matches. But you got some points. You got one point between Denmark and, uh, and Argentina. Or in Wales, sorry. So there you go. Uh, third game of the day is about to get underway at the Stadium 974 between Mexico and Poland. Mexican uh, keeper Guillermo Ochoa, he mans the Mexico net, participating in his fifth World Cup. This guy turns into Andre, Andre Vasilevsky at big tournaments. He's crazy. Uh, Poland, they'll be anchored by one of the world's best in Robert Lewandowski. Uh, if the Polish want to be in the last 16, a lot will fall on the back of Poland's number nine. Uh, last game of the day sees the defending champion and one of Tommy Wilden's picks to win the tournament. France take on Australia. These two met in the 2018 tournament where France squeaked out a close 2-1 win. France, uh, they were already coming into Qatar without two of their key pieces from a team that won in Russia uh, with no Paul Pogba or N'Golo Conte. Oh, no. Uh, They won't have the 2022 Ballon d'Or winner in Karim Benzema or superstar in waiting, Christopher Nkoku. Uh, But this side still possesses... Who's going to play? Well, they, they got Kylian Mbappe. They got they got they got some guys. They can still okay. one of the greatest uh, talents on they earth. Got is some stuff. Side. Oh, they yeah. got some stuff. And they're managed by one of the greats in the games in Didier Deschamps. That come game comes up at noon at the El Janoub Stadium. And of course, Canada, they'll take their uh, get their tournament underway tomorrow at noon. Calgary time, they'll take on Belgium. John Herdman uh, this morning letting the media know that Alfonso Davies is at top speed and ready to go for tomorrow. Steven Eustachio should be able to go, go as well. Uh, big focus on who will score the first ever goal for Canada at a World Cup. Betting odds for who will do that. Uh, Lil Striker, Jonathan David, is a favorite at 297, uh, plus 297, followed by Kyle Laren and Lucas Cavallini at plus 350. And we'll have Tommy Wilden Jr. tomorrow, uh, manager of Cavalry FC, on the program to preview this tilt between Canada and Belgium. It'll have been 13,316 days between World Cup matches Whoa. for Canada. Wow. June 9th, 1986. 2-0 loss to Hungary. Uh-huh. Remember it like it oh, was. Yeah. I haven't lived that many days. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be a magical day for sports oh, in this country. Ah, I don't know. I was very excited. Magical. They want to cough. Uh, so that's the sporting uh, soccer report uh, brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Love it. Thank you, brother. Uh, coming up next, brother. Donovan Bennett. Uh, going deep. <laughs> Stop with that music, brother. I cannot do that. Uh, tomorrow. The queen has died. Her Majesty. Yes, uh, as they say on BBC. This is BBC News. We're interrupting our schedules for the following announcement. The show is over. See you tomorrow. Bye.